0: All right. You good? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Welcome back to your Hard in the Paint podcast, the NBA podcast, where we ask, of course, the hard questions about the NBA. Today is your April 1, 2019, episode 39. And boy, today do we have some fun things to talk about. More importantly... Uh, March is over, so the madness is over. Uh, But more importantly than that, we've got some award races to get into since we have just a handful of NBA games to talk about, as well as our favorite March Madness segment, which I guess we're calling the April Madness segment, our own homemade bracket NBA personalities. More importantly, bring your staff. With that, uh, let's... Give a special shout out to our sponsor for this episode of Harden the Paint Podcast. That is Smart Water by Gatio. So, Of course, you know you love bottled water. Why not grab some IQ points along the way with Smart Water? Not only does it have zero calories per bottle, but it is a vapor distilled water and comes with bonus electrolytes for taste. And of course, electrolytes you know, never are going to cause any toxic problems. It's totally gluten vegan-free, whatever kind of diet you're on, the smart water diet should suffice. You can go over to smartwater.com slash NBA for 10 free bottles delivered right to your door. And with that, introductions aside, I'm here with Michael again, of course. And probably the biggest news isn't really gay news, but I'm still obligated to talk about it going to impact the Knicks next year. That is, Zion lost NCAA tournament much to everybody's demise. I think the narrative around him was so good everybody wanted to see the guy play. It was just there was a lot to not like about this guy and like such a is probably going to be a revolutionary talent in the league. You just want to see him play. Whether he wins or loses, it's like your entertainment like your historical moment so michael did you catch any of the duke michigan state game and what are your takeaways of duke's early exit
1: yeah so i watched zero minutes of that game but my takeaway was coach K fucked up zion is the first duke player ever to actually make people root for duke and coach k has three top six picks and they lost to Tom fucking Izzo, who he's owned for, like, the last half decade.
0: Yeah. That, Coach K fucked up. I, I think that's pretty understandable. I think at the same time, though, I think Michigan did a couple things really right when it comes to a game plan strategy against sort of a Duke team that, I think this year they weren't so play-savvy, like you're kind of alluding to. They weren't. It wasn't really top-of-the-line coaching year for Coach K.
1: Well, you know, they're, like, Zion's, what, 19? RJ Barrett's 19? Cam Reddish is, like, 18? Yeah. So, it's like, if you're going to hope that a bunch of uh, under-20 kids are going to figure it out, like, figure out how to play tournament defense or, you know, figure out how to play all these different types of teams, right? Because, obviously, with uh, March Madness, you get all these different types of teams, right? You got kind of the UVA defense kind of style, the uh Gonzaga kind of length. duke is obviously focused around zion um you got some teams which are just play on pace others are just like three point specialists so you have to actually be kind of savvy and most 20 year old kids aren't so yeah. therefore the coach should uh kind of step in there
0: no, no i think that's what michigan did really is it seemed like from the outset they made it a very much a turn to not turn the ball over, kind of play at their speed. Um, really did some good play calling, in my opinion, as well as just defensively. They didn't really overcommit to the Stars too much. When you look at the box score of that game, anybody not the part of the Duke Big Three had a pretty abysmal game when you look at the numbers.
1: Yeah, it seemed like they tried to force the ball out of Zion and RJ Barrett's hands, which... I, you know you don't have to do it all game but if you can get the ball out of their hands like three four possessions in a row and you do that maybe you know two or three times in a game that's like 10 shots that yeah.
0: uh are left off the table for duke yeah so so i mean even to that extent i think duke had 17 turnovers and michigan had seven which is a huge disparity and then uh, led to an extra 13 full goal attempt michigan And maybe you could say, oh, if R.J. Barrett doesn't miss a free throw on accident to close the game, goes into overtime, and maybe Duke wins. And that's a real argument. However, the other real argument to this is R.J. Barrett is potentially the new Andrew Wiggins. Similar body structure, not super assertive. Maybe part of that's the Zion effect. Missed some clutch free throws. Don't want to say it's my next hot take, but it might be.
1: Wiggins or Jabari Parker?
0: going with Wiggins, because uh, Jabari was, like, one ACC player of the year that year?
1: Yeah, over TJ Warren, which he stole.
0: Yeah, and look it's who's up. the more successful NBA player now.
1: <laughs> Wiggins is probably <laughs> the more successful. He's got the money.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> He has been traded, like, three times. I was trying, trying
0: to do a go-pack thing there with the, the TJ Warren. <laughs> All right, uh, and, and, of course, more losses. We had Purdue, of course, getting to the Final Four, and they unfortunately lost to
1: Oh, crazy game! I actually saw the last uh, six minutes of this game. I was at a bar, and there for some reason there was a Carolina dude rooting for UVA, and he, he was going fucking nuts, uh, and I got really pissed off. So I ended up going really hard for Purdue. Yeah. And I asked him to change every TV in the bar to Pur- this like Purdue Virginia game. Yeah. And when they fucking almost won, I like was fucking owning it in his face. <laughs>
0: And then you lost in overtime. Yeah.
1: It's good thing I don't care about college basketball.
0: Well, I think the takeaway from really Purdue's run here is Carson Edwards guy probably just bumped up his draft stock by like at least one or two spots. Not only this crazy performance, but just how well he's done really the whole year. 42 points in a loss. I mean, that's mind-boggling college numbers.
1: Is this... uh... You know, UVA obviously last year became the first number one team to, like, ever lose to a 16 seed. And now they've made it back to the Final Four. Have they redeemed themselves?
0: Uh, Yeah, a little bit. I think they got to win it to really redeem themselves, but they're the only number one left standing, right? So...
1: Oh, shit, yeah. Carolina got knocked out, too.
0: That's where I was going to next. Auburn, surprisingly, is thing in my book, even though I'm not really an Auburn fan, but I'm more of a UNC hater, so that's fine. And they
1: beat, uh, was it Kentucky? Kansas? They beat, like, a couple of blue bloods. Yeah, they beat Kentucky. Fucking giant killers, bro. Yeah,
0: they're they're sleeper. If
1: they knock out UVA, this Oof. is gonna be, like, one of the best all-time runs.
0: Yeah, no, that that would be the, like... That Cinderella story would be crazy. Honestly. And, uh... I mean, it just
1: sucks for, like, these guys, because, like, even if even if Auburn... Win the title. They're still
0: only going to be second to Surviving Advance.
2: True. True.
0: Nothing can really go that far. to That Surviving in Advance did. Then of course we have uh, Texas Tech getting Gonzaga. Is
1: Texas Tech the fast team?
0: No, they are the. I think they're the uber slow defensive team. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> I haven't watched any of them, but I heard. I think when we did our bracket rankings they were the best defensive team
1: gotcha how do they shoot the three particularly well
0: uh potentially don't have my notes in front of me to say you're wrong so yes they do they shoot the three incredibly well
1: I, i guess like my thing is is uh right now the matchup is uva and auburn and michigan state versus texas tech right so we could potentially have UVA Texas Tech in like a super defensive game where it's
0: like, Three point. Who? Uh, yeah, like, score. yeah, like a,
1: like we might yeah. have like a UVA NC State redo where it's like, whoever cracks 50 points is gonna win this game, kind of like, like uh, <laughs> a UConn Butler like, you know, first couple years of this decade.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel nice because it's like, oh Texas Tech, you know, this is a school that has never been this far before, so it's like a historic run for that college itself, which is pretty nice. And obviously they've killed a couple giants along the way, which is also really nice. I mean, they beat Michigan, beat Gonzaga, beat Buffalo. So really solid run for them. Uh, can't really, I'm not like complaining. I just haven't watched any of their games. So we
1: have an ACC team, a team with a block S, a fuck you Alabama team. and engineering school
0: you just gotta imagine you know if you're charles barkley on that set sitting right next to kenny smith <laughs> how great that that banter off camera must have been
1: uh, right, were Steve. you there when we met uh chuck and uh kenny and stuff in new york
0: no i would missed that trip oh fuck dude
1: i i got kenny to say go pack And then as he was, like, maybe six feet, like, he, you know, he kept walking, obviously. And, like, six feet later, he, like, turned and said, nah, nah, no go pack.
0: (laughs) And I was just like, oh, he isn't illiterate. Almost got him. (laughs) Okay, speaking of got him, we have, of course, the ever-impending doom of Dirk and Wayne Wade retiring. Retiring towards even though neither of them have actually 100% committed to retiring. Uh pretty funny turn of events though when Wade was in New York, I think it was 2 days ago. Emmanuel Mudiay wanted to do the more and more popular jersey swap and he got rejected, which was kind of funny.
1: <laughs> I mean, if I'm Wade, I I want like a DSJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Just if all the people sure on that New
0: York team, I'd probably take DS.
1: Yeah, or even like a Spike Lee. Just like a a novelty one. Yeah, uh, although I'm pretty sure Dwayne Wade is, is very committed
0: to the retirement tour. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he is, too. I...
1: Dirk is, like,
0: the one that's like,
1: yeah, he should retire, but he might actually just try to come back one more year.
0: I think the funny part is, is like, Dirk, I think when you watch him, it's... you just retire now. When you see Dwayne Wade feels like he still has, like, half a season left. Just well, that's, like...
1: like, the problem, right, is Dwayne Wade is... Had like a good 30 games in him for like the past seven years now. Yeah, so true. I'm hoping he makes the playoffs. He gets one game, he gets like a nice, you know, game three gentleman sweep. That'd be kind of
0: nice. And uh, speaking of New York things, uh, recent developments have a woman in New York accusing our boy Chris Stapps Borzingis of a uh, potential rape allegation. Occurred right after he tore his ACL last year, year before. Fuck. Uh, and apparently these allegations were made known to league as well as the Mavs when he was traded. Uh, so now there is a, a little bit of a legal scandal going on there. Uh, fortunately for us and really the NBA at large, seems like she's doesn't have very good claims. Uh, Legally, she doesn't have a very good case to anything. So it seems like more of a publicity stunt than anything, but we'll keep you tuned on the developing story there.
1: All right. Is this the time where I can bring up uh, this Devin Booker question I've been bugging you about for the past week?
0: Yes, you can. Let's hit hit. All right.
1: So so I was at work and I'm at lunch and I'm talking to uh, this guy, this Asian guy, right? And like naturally, I was like, oh, he probably follows like NBA hoops because I noticed his shoes. So I was like, Oh, this dude's a Hooper. So we were like talking and uh, you know, he's really into Devin Booker. Like he's convinced Devin Booker is a good player and I am not convinced at all. (laughs) So we actually got a kind of like a pseudo heated argument about like whether or not Devin Booker is a good player. And now he's left the company. So I mean, I'm going to assume I won this argument, but You know, I kind of wanted to throw it to you and then obviously, you know, our viewers out there and maybe we'll get some mailbag on this. But uh, basically, is Devin Booker a good player? He's been in the league. This is his fourth year. And then he's about to get into that huge contract extension.
0: Yeah, I think this is a reasonable question to start to ask, especially when we consider. All right. You know, he's got some semblance of help there now. I mean, I think if in some magical parallel universe, you know, we put Deandre Ayton on like a team that actually could use him right away, he could be in this rookie of the year conversation. I don't think he's bad. I mean, defensively, they both need some work obviously. It's not like Booker has really been known as a defensive guy. I mean, he was part of those offense only AAU Wildcat team. And he's always been a good three-point shooter, good size. Or really worked on his strength a lot. Pick and roll game, which is already good coming out of college, running the team. Really, I'm not sold on him being a good player either, but I think a lot of it is the ineptitude of Phoenix around. I feel like if he was, like, like let's replace like Jimmy Butler with Devin Booker. I think we'd say Devin Booker's a good player. I feel like he could win you some games if the only guy on his team, also not
2: a defensive line. Oh, I lost you, Michael. My guess is he's got pretty good stats. We good now? Yeah.
1: So I think he's got pretty good stats, right? Like this year, he's putting up 27 points a game, which most other years... It's probably like a top four, or five type of score. You know, like you could win the scoring title with that.
0: Yeah, twenty-eight is normally the scoring title. So,
1: <laughs> and he's gone significantly up in points from his rookie year. You know, about fourteen points, then twenty-two, then twenty-five, now twenty-seven. So he's actually steadily improving. I guess my my issue really with Devin Booker is that the Suns haven't improved with him. So. His first season was 2015-2016, and I've I've got it right here. So in 2014-2015, so this is the season before they draft Booker, the Suns win 39 games, which is like in the West, that's probably going to be like a just outside of a playoff picture kind of run, you know, kind of around the 10 seed. His rookie year, they win 23 games. His sophomore year, 24. His third year, they win 21, and obviously they tank out and get DeAndre. This year, they've won 17 games. I mean, they're kind of trending in the wrong direction with him being the focal point of the team, at least on offense.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if you would make that argument anyone else, you'd be like, oh, man, this guy's like a bust almost. Yeah,
1: but he's—I mean—he's not a bust either, though, because he—he he passes the like, eye test. I mean, well, he puts up like fucking fifty and sixty point games like all the fucking time, and he put up a seventy point game last year. Yeah. and he's a decent three point shooter. I mean, you know, he's not—he's not a Joe Harris, but he's—you know—he's he's been in a three point contest
0: like, the past couple years.
1: Yeah, and he's—you know—he gets to the free throw line. You know, it's. It, does I mean his minutes are right around thirty five, thirty-six minutes a game, which is probably slightly higher, but it kind of needs him. And then he does pass the ball, like his assists have gone up from two point six in his rookie year to six point seven this year.
0: Yeah, I I think I don't know. It seems like his stats have been slowly improving. I mean, they're kind of small sample size here, but this year, you could say, "Okay, he's maybe a little bit worse at this." They're all really in the same ballpark realm of like twenty-seven and five and five, you know.
1: Well, I mean, he's in terms of stats, he's he's um, justified his contract situation, right? Twenty-seven points and seven assists for you know his. I mean, is it? A, I mean, it's not quite a super max, but it's basically a max contract. Which kind of makes sense. He's twenty-two, and with those numbers, like you kind of want to lock him in for, you know, until he's like twenty-seven.
0: My problem, though, is and... uh...
1: I just can't get over how bad the Suns have been with yeah. him being the focal point. It's like, even as like bad as the Lakers are, like they're still not that bad. Like, yeah, and we give you like a few a lot breaks. Of crap. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who's like a like another lottery pick who uh, Embiid. So think of like Embiid in Philly, uh, his first actual year when he actually started playing uh, games, and it's like Ben Simmons was out that entire year. And it's like, oh it was like Ben you know, we can see it with Embiid. We're like, oh, this team is gonna figure it out. They just need Ben Simmons and then they need Like, some extra shooting and they got this.
2: Yeah, you can see the pieces form,
0: yeah. I don't see how the stars align for Phoenix. It feels like they just have to get bailed out by getting Zion or some magical up that happens in Phoenix. Because let's be honest, I mean, Phoenix is kind of a nice place to play. It's got kind of the LA vibe, even though you're not in LA. It's super freaking hot, but it still has, like, West Coast feel to it. I I feel I mean let if we look at you know Phoenix's history I mean seems like the last times they've been successful it's been more of a team up scenario to begin with
1: Yeah I just I don't know it kind of infuriates me because he even when I watch a Suns game which is obviously pretty rare but um like when you watch him play it's like he's good it's like it's not like a Jason Tatum kind of problem where it's like, oh, he's good. He just like, for some reason doesn't play the second or third quarters. Right. It's like, oh, he's consistently there and he's consistently making shots. But for some reason, this team just sucks. And it's, and I, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of think of like, maybe it's kind of his fault.
0: <laughs> I mean, you got to figure at some point, you do need to start pointing the fingers at the captain of the ship. I mean, they've, repeatedly changed their head coaches, which probably hasn't helped the scenario. doesn't seem like, and I'm on there the impression that one year is never really enough time to figure it out unless get a bunch of vets in there too. And that's kind of another problem Phoenix has, right? Is like got one of the youngest rosters.
1: Yeah, well, they traded away Trevor Reason. They kept Ryan Anderson.
0: Yeah. I mean, they just ate that for Houston for free pretty much.
1: Do you think Booker is kind of going the same way that Kyrie did pre-LeBron when he was in Cleveland? Those kind of first
0: four Kyrie years? I was going to say something similar. It feels kind of the same way where it's like, man, this dude's a really good, like, individual talent, and maybe his Dion Waiters is DeAndre Ayton or something. Yeah, like... We just haven't quite put the, uh, like, we just need a total re-spin-the-mixture type thing and... We bake out the ingredients and it'll work, you know?
1: I'm just wondering if Devin Booker is maybe even, like, a good basketball player, like, a good basketball leader, I guess. Like, Kyrie, right? Like, we've seen it with the Celtics this year. It's like, maybe Kyrie is the problem. It's like, he's a fantastic talent, but for some reason the chemistry is just kind of a thing. And, like, maybe Jimmy Butler, this might be a thing. So maybe getting Zion, you know, a guy who – I would assume, would take kind of the alpha mantle on this team. Maybe that actually helps Devin Booker.
0: (laughs) No, I think that would actually be great.
1: Like, maybe Devin Booker is 2001 Kobe light, where it's like, they just need a Shaq. They need, like, a a super-duper star. And then they just need a, a second guy who's, like, way over, like, average.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm totally I'm totally down for that idea. I think we can take some of the limelight off him, give the shots to Aiden a little bit better, and I'm I mean he'll get better in the summer. Like dude's got game. Like it's a little bit of maturation time. So he'll be solid. And then if they got Zion right away, like I know it's the stacked west, but like he's banned like Like those three should win you like 30 games on their own. I know that's not a high bar, but it's like they're at 17 right now, so it kind of is a high bar.
1: Do you think Phoenix should have taken Luca number one, just paired him with Devin Booker? That way they actually have a real
0: point guard. I don't know about that one. It's It's hard to go back in time and say, oh, man, you know, Everybody slept on Luca, but nobody knew what Luca was going to turn into. You know, we had like no film of him. It was like a couple of those Euro finals, and we were just like, "Oh, is this game ever going to translate?" And DeAndre Ayton seemed like the surefire NBA ready guy, which he kind of is. I mean, he was solid at the start of the year. The problem is, is Luca just outshone him.
1: Well, it's like if DeAndre Ayton had stayed another year, and let's say he was going to come in the draft this year, he'd probably be the number two guy. At worst, number three. It's like probably Zion, and then probably DeAndre Ayton, and then like John Moran.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know I mean,
1: like, if he had actually probably waited a year, he probably would have actually had a... like, you know, he would have slipped down to like number two. You know what I mean?
0: Maybe a better scenario. You know Phoenix could get number three this year as the standings have it right now. <laughs> Uh, um, and, and I guess tonight, which is even funnier, is the tank war Phoenix and Knicks versus the Hawks or something.
1: Well, like ironically, some of the you know, the tank off games have been some of the best, right? Like the Chicago, Atlanta, quadruple overtime
2: oh, crazy yeah. game
1: with Trey Young. Trae Young has been versus Zach Levine.
2: <laughs> Trey
0: Young has been flipping this rookie of the year conversation script this past month and a half. This dude is lighting it up. He had a crazy game winner the other night. Yeah. Uh, Dude has kind of not... I guess he's figured out when he can shoot now. He's not getting blocked all over the place like he was the first month or two he was in the league. like He knows how much space he needs to make. I think the Hawks have a pretty optimistic system going forward. And they're (laughs) kind of fun to watch, honestly.
1: Like I said, they're optimistic, and they're still like the fifth worst team in the league.
0: Okay, compared to like the Cavs or the Suns.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does seem like they're actually trying to win games, as opposed to just outright, you know, stop trying for Zion. And and but do you think it's just recency bias?
0: Oh yeah, it's absolutely with recency the, bias.
1: you know with the rookie of the year conversation.
0: Problem is, is like Luca lit the world on fire because. Nobody had a clue if this kid's game was going to translate at all, and it totally did, and it did really well. And then, you know, the first like two months of the league were like, "Oh man, Dallas could like make the playoffs! Like they could totally get in." And and then they then decided they to away just the starters. make that sharp left turn off the highway, <laughs> and they traded away everybody for Porzingis and like picks for the. And and now you can kind of tell that they have coasted their way to the end of the season. No, not really well, attempting to win games too much anymore.
1: The Mavs need to tank, though. They're the sixth worst team right now, and they need to get into the top five to keep their pick. Otherwise, they lose their pick.
0: Yeah, so I think that's so, part of it.
1: <laughs> they actually need to tank.
0: <laughs> Pretty sure they have been like re- not intentionally restricting his minutes, but kind of wink, wink, like, yeah, bro,
1: yeah, like go easy, like. You know, we Don't need you yourself. and KP yeah, for next right. year. Yeah. Uh, so rookie of the year, who you got right now? We're about I'm still
0: going with Luca.
1: Five games left of the
0: season, basically. Luca, Luca has Luka. some sick ass highlight reels. There was, there was like around Christmas time, he was dropping people levels like thirty and 15s. I mean, we were like, this dude's harden right now, and he kind of is. And to be as good as Harden is to be MVP level good. So therefore, he should.
1: Yeah, and I think the Hawks just as a team have gotten significantly better post All Star break with John Collins and Kevin Horder. Like I those so, guys too. actually seem like real basketball players.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and you got to remember the Hawks at the beginning of the year it was like there was all these Trey Young low light reels. Oh, yeah, I have
1: he, forgotten about. You... I mean, that dude looked like he was just going to be way too small to play.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I it's, I mean, I'm happy that he's kind of figured it out. Like, you know, props on him. I hate seeing, like, people just flop, like, Wiggins and Jabari and stuff. But, yeah, you know, I think it's dumb if you pick Trey Young for this. Like, I don't think it, it shouldn't be, like, the wins that matter. It should be... I mean, it's probably, like, if we're looking at some advanced stats, like VORP or, like real Mm -hmm. plus-minus, but, you know, most rookies don't actually ever have a positive plus-minus in their first year, so. And kind of just the narrative situation with Luka has really timed well with Trey Young's, like, sudden rise to popularity. They never quite hit their heights at the same time. Got to go with Luka. Which then leads us into the biggest debate of the week, and that is Giannis versus Harden, friend. World has narrowed it down to Paul George being injured, no longer really being in the MVP of a conversation. Taking some games off, Steph, of course, not playing all of his games. So it really comes down to Giannis and Harden now. Who's
1: who's your top five right now? Or don't do top five. Give me skip one, two. We'll 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 get to Giannis for starting. But like, give me your three, four, five right now for MVP. I'm
2: gonna go.
0: I'm still going to go Paul George at three, even kind of slacking here. I'm out a little injured these past couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to go four and then F5. Really, Interesting. Yeah, it's really hard for me to pick Steph because I know he's been out and they had that struggle with him. And got all yeah, this, but this freaking yeah, help. Number one seed, though. <laughs> yeah, number one seed.
1: You're living off Jokic.
0: Yeah, I was trying to think who we didn't talk about Jokic last time we did this conversation.
1: No, we didn't, and I I think we need to because right now I would say Jokic is my third guy. I would. Say, he, yeah, he might get number one in the West, like with a team that has no other All Stars.
0: Here's my problem, Jokic. And while I do like the idea of you know number one's best player on best team, all that, the problem is is the whole narrative around Jokic isn't constructive for an MVP. Dude's stat lines aren't amazing. It's not like he's draining half-court shots. You know, he's crossing people up. He's not... Highlight reel. They'd be really nice in, like, a basketball technique. You know, you ain't seeing him all over Twitter, which is obviously how you win. At the same time, you know, everybody kind of gives Nuggets this 12-deep, team-based offense-type strategy. Like It's like giving it to Tim Duncan. But while Duncan had some really good years and Jokic is not Duncan, it's still like you're in this magical system makes you what you are. That doesn't really define an MVP player as opposed to a guy that ISOs every possession has to work hard but still gets better stat line.
2: It seems like you're
1: disrespecting uh, the big fundamental a little bit.
0: Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I kind of did. <laughs> but uh,
1: I, I, Jokic, take this full circle a little bit. You know, we, We're kind of bashing Booker for good stats, but can't really get it to wins. Whereas Jokic, pretty good stats for a center, like for what he's doing as a center, especially on the playmaking side. This guy is the focal point of an offense that in 2019 where the team is not even like a pacey team. And yet, he's figured out how to get them wins. And they have no other All-Stars on this team. So, the fact that they're one game behind the Warriors with, you know, five-ish games to go, I that's think, crazy to me.
0: Like, I think he's definitely in the conversation if they get number one. But if they don't, I don't think...
1: But even if they get number two, it's going to be like they're two games behind the Warriors.
0: But it's the Warriors. Like... People still yeah, think but, the Warriors are echelons above everyone else. They are, and then that's the problem, right? Like,
1: no, but to finish two games behind the Warriors is a really fantastic feat. Considering you take Jokic off, it's like this team is probably straight up going in the lottery. Like,
0: here's my problem: it's it's not that I don't like Jokic. The fact that. When I was picking those last three spots.
1: All right, right now the Thunder in eighth. So you would have Paul George, whose team is in eighth in the oh, West. Oh, okay,
0: okay, okay. <laughs> Hold on. This last month, the Thunder have just magically screwed up everything. <laughs> so if we don't discount, if we discount this last month, this was the team that we said could beat the Warriors like two months ago. They're like the best contender, and Paul George was like finally figured it out. He was going like thirty-eight and eight every night with like four steals. Amazing. Now, I mean, they actually could so be the much. Warriors
1: if they match up as a one-eight versus the Warriors.
0: The that problem, can still get a seven. The games. problem is Paul George has like nagging shoulder injuries. Yeah, which that's is really carry. fucking him up right now. Which I'm not like. Which is why I almost don't want to put him on the list anymore. Body of work for the season would kind of tell me I need to put him on there. Kind of same idea with Embiid, right? It's like he had a bunch of games off. He doesn't every night. Kind of like Kawhi, but. When Embiid does play,
1: he looks fucking crazy. Yeah,
0: he looks like the best big man in the league. That's pretty wild when you have like a stacked centers in the East. But I think that's why I keep on going back to really the conversation is just Harden and Giannis because Giannis be here, Harden's like the best ISO player we've had, and like
1: yeah, since like '06 Kobe.
0: I was yeah, I didn't want to say that far in years, but I think four years is fair. He's probably not the best score.
1: I still think Kevin Durant, you know, the MVP year uh, was just scoring wise. It just felt like he could always score, but in terms of just let me just outright try to outshoot the other team. I mean, you know, Kevin Durant's never done that really.
0: Yeah, and. Even then, when Kevin Durant had those years, you still didn't feel like he was totally unstoppable. Like, you could still, like, sag off his teammates and do all these other things, mm-hmm. contain him, and, like, you could, like, pound his dribble, you know? But Harden, it's like, he's got the dribbles, he's got the range, he can pass out of everything. Everybody on his team's, like, a three-point threat, top threat, so it's like, I have to play him one-on-one, which kind of hilarious. But at the same time, got Captain Giannis over here, Mr. Superman himself, walking triple double, literally with shack type numbers. Just gets the most dunks per game. Just feels like at any point he's just going to like driving, spin, dunk everybody, pass it to Brooke Lopez, who's splash mounting everything. It's like, and he's like the number one defensive option on that something Harden obviously is not a part of, even though his defense is originally better. This is tough because it kind of goes back to my um, highlight reel take, my Twitter take. Harden's got these sick crossovers where he drops people and sick lobs and dunks and things and like four threes in a row to beat the Warriors or something. And then Giannis has... Some also sick blocks and some crazy dunks over people and other things. Oh man! You know which one actually means more in like the social media currency? Harden, which is not what I want to say, but I think it is.
1: Yeah, around All Star break, I was firmly in the Giannis camp, but I'll hear your Harden talk. But now I've come. Right up to like a Brexit kind of vote, it's like the split is so narrow. It really is. Harden's putting up like 30 almost 36 points a game since like all star break, although he's playing 36 minutes a game. And the crazy thing that's like sticking out to me with Giannis is he's still playing 32 minutes a night, like 33 minutes a night.
0: Like, yeah, his minutes is a lot better,
1: they've kept it down. You know, in order to keep him healthy for the playoffs. And that's crazy to me that, like, if you give Harden, or sorry, if you give Giannis five more minutes so he's basically evened up with uh, Harden, points-wise, yeah, he's probably not at points, but he'll probably double the rebounding, and then the assist numbers are going to be basically the same.
0: And not to mention blocks and steals.
1: And that's the other thing, right? It's like Giannis is the definitive better two-way player, right? He's he can guard all five positions and he can also sort of play all five positions except
0: shooting guard. Yeah. And even then he's started to shoot threes this past month or so.
1: Yeah, and then it's you know, you factor in that Milwaukee is gonna be the best team in the league. Um
0: which just gives and, you a lot of votes just there, best player, best team.
1: And I also like the fact that they're good on the road. Like the Rockets are not a great road team, They're they're slightly above five hundred, like twenty and seventeen or something. And the Bucks are like actually good on the road.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I remember we kind of talked about this conversation a lot. It's... Well, it's
1: been one of the more fascinating MVP races, just because it's two crazy different guys. You know, we haven't really had the the big versus the guard kind of mvp conversation in a few years yeah and it also has this kind of you know harden's been basically in the top five for the past four or five years and Giannis is kind of the new guy and i don't know there's a lot there's a lot of nice subplots to this
0: what i was gonna say is is the narrative i think right now is kind of swinging back to Giannis's favor in terms of what you mentioned earlier about best player best record in the league i mean Feels like just a couple months ago, around Christmas, we were talking about, "Oh, Harden is definitely going to win it. He's getting thirty-six points a night. He doesn't have Chris Paul. He doesn't have Capella. Their team's four games back from the Warriors. It's they, you know they used to be there. But in the beginning of the year again, it was like, holy crap! It's Giannis. Look how good the Bucks are. System, this, that, and the other.' So I think I think people will come come back around and realize it's Giannis. But at the same time, like, you know, you think. Two, three years from now, Harden's been one at once. Had some ridiculous years. Being second, third in the votes and scoring so many points. And then not even to mention, like, Westbrook's averaging another triple-double, by the way. Not that, like, that counts as why you vote for MVP anymore. I don't know. It, well, it seems like a, it seems like you could totally screw it up. not
1: Yeah. My big thing with MVP races, you know, obviously you got to have the good stats and you got to have, you know, the way I kind of judge the whole, how much do you factor in the team success is you got to finish top three in your conference, basically. Um, You know, you got to lock up being able to get home court. And then, you know, if you're kind of in the top three, you know, you may not, you know second round you know you may not have home court advantage but you're kind of contending for that like uh home sort of you know the the number one seed like if you're if you're a third in the west it means you're you're kind you know unless you're kind of following the warriors but it's like they're only four games behind the warriors right now but it's just like if you're in the top three it means that you're you're basically contending on kind of both sides it's like okay maybe your team isn't that. like maybe your teammates aren't as good to be able to get you that number one seed, but like you yourself are getting them pretty, pretty damn close. And Houston's right now, they're third. They're, they're kind of battling kind of back and forth with uh, Portland.
0: But glad I don't have a vote in this. Like you said, it's honestly pretty 50 50 and maybe even best MVP rate right in a while.
1: Yeah, I mean, these last five, six games, it, it, I, I think might actually tip the balance here if something crazy happens. Like, you know, if Harden puts up 75 points in a game, I, you know, one of these last few games, that might tip it. Or if, you know, Giannis just has like a, I don't know, like a seven by five, you know?
0: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> right, what What else? Uh, what where, where do we want to
2: hit him?
1: So uh, I want to talk about some of these. So we're, let's, we'll, we'll do some kind of playoff, matchups It's still pretty fluid, especially in the West, but um I just kind of wanted to bring up the fact that the Clippers are the sixth seed in the West, which would mean that they would play Houston. And that seems like a really interesting matchup.
0: I think that would be the ideal matchup. Especially if the Clippers beat Chris Ball. Patrick Beverly. Like, they're just... If there
1: was a team where Harden just can't get it going against, it seems like the Clippers might be that kind of team where it's like SGA is a little bit of a bigger guard. Landry Schmetz a little bit of a bigger guard. Patrick Beverly is obviously a tough dude.
0: Montrez in the paint? Yeah. I, I would like to see it, honestly. Gallinari is like big enough to shoot over anyone on Houston, too. Down for that. It's oddball enough, smart enough team good coaching, I can totally see, like, 4-3 first-round Houston. I don't think it'd be a sweep one way where- mm. And, I, I mean, there's a world where the Clippers win that. I mean, Patrick Beverly is notorious for injuring people in playoffs. And, and CP3. <laughs> <laughs> That's all <what> I'm saying. <laughs> uh,
1: in the East, there are two series that are kind of jumping out to me right now. Um, and like I said, this is still pretty fluid, right? This could change. But the 3-6 matchup is Philly and Detroit. And, oh, man, that that just seems like such a fun matchup of Drummond versus Embiid and Boyd Griffin versus Ben Simmons.
0: Yeah, no, that, that, I wouldn't be down to watch that. I mean, to catch me watching a Detroit game.
1: And then the other one is uh, Boston, Indiana. They look like... Boston, Indiana, def- it pretty much looks like that's locked up as the 4 or 5 matchup. With right now, Boston has the tiebreaker. So they're in fourth, but obviously they could easily slip. And that's a series where it seems like home court really matters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like it really matters if Indiana's a four seed or the five seed in that matchup.
0: The crazy part about Indiana is like I heard someone kind of compare them to like Celtics. Bunch of bench guys stepping up, star players oh, out. Oh, Oladipo out. Really yeah, solid oh, yeah. coaching. You know, Nate in a coach of the years conversation for some people. Homegrown team, solid big man that passes, kind of does it all. Really, does seems feel like, like the like guys like Boston. each other. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, one of the things like um, it's kind of jumped out to me with uh, Oladipo being out was this kind of. Lineup that kind of features Miles Turner, Bojan Bogdanovic, and Wes Matthews. Yeah, that's that's a good core.
0: <laughs> that's that like you some weird points. that I
1: think that I think that those three guys against you know kind of a similar lineup of Tatum, Marcus Morris, and Jalen Brown. It's like you know I might I you know I on paper it might should be Indiana. pretty yeah. one sided, but yeah, it's like I actually might bet on Indiana on that. <laughs>
0: I don't know, man. Like
1: I just think Indiana has some of these lineups which will just kill Boston. Like they've they've kinda got it in them. They just need I think better guard play.
0: My problem though is their star power to just yeah. get you a game winning shot or
1: I mean there's Kyrie who can automatically win you two games without even really trying. And then Brad
0: Stevens will win you a game on his own. That's like three games right there. It's like hard to put up with but then when you think about with Victor Oladipo being out, he put out a R&B rap album <laughs> dropped on Spotify last week by the way. Uh, it's actually not too bad. I listened to it on the car this morning, car ride to work. Oh nice. Pretty pretty mellow, pretty like sensual type rap. It's not like, it's not like Dame Dollars rap where it's <laughs> you can just get down, get ready to ball. It's more like you're chilling at home like some drinks type rap and like you're on the couch type rap.
1: Some, some Larry bird version rap out there. Basically Larry bird. It's uh, also important
0: proved. to note that uh Dame dollars rap is clean. I think it has no curse words in it, which is kind of impressive.
1: I mean, that does seem kind
0: of right. It seems like kind of Lillard's image. So now let's hop into our marquee matchup for April. Maybe even March. That is we here are in the Paint Studios. Wait, wait. Before we
1: completely uh leave okay. the playoff run, we gotta talk about LeBron here a little bit. Oh, we piss oh
0: yeah, we missed LeBron.
1: <laughs> Toronto. Post LeBron, can Toronto actually fucking do this now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. This is like one of
1: my biggest questions is like, is Toronto gonna fuck this
0: up? Are <laughs> they gonna lose at home again? God. if we get bounced in the first round to the nets <laughs> I think every Toronto one would be on uh,
1: what do you think LeBron will be doing on social media during the playoffs I want to
0: see LeBron on
2: is that, a,
1: what, what's his
0: phrase he usually he uh, was like zero dark 30 is zero dark 30, it. 30 that's it yeah stays off all social media except like he'll post like once a month on yeah, but I gotta assume he's gonna be kind of active this time around. Yeah, which of course is unusual for him. I have a feeling he's gonna be having some great time. Banana boat, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade, Cancun, L.A. vibes. Talking to Magic. Talking to Adam Silver.
2: Kemba.
1: Kemba. Chris Middleton. He'll be. He'll be. Uh, he'll be like Ah, Chris Middleton. He
0: had a fantastic game tonight against the Miami Heat. We'll see all these like sub tweets, sub posts about like potentially tampering with like Anthony Davis kinds of things.
1: Do you think end, LeBron and Anthony Davis will watch like the playoffs together and have like a an Instagram selfie where it's like two dudes on a couch just watching basketball? Two of the best players, <laughs> not on not on TV.
0: <laughs> Ultimate him get Dwayne Wayne there. They're like Tim Duncan in the background somehow.
1: Uh, So since LeBron's not in the playoffs, you know, the debate of who's the best player in the NBA now, I mean, it's basically up for grabs, right? I mean, he's not in the playoffs. So now is really the time where a guy can actually take the mantle. You know, we've kind of been penciling in KD, but it really doesn't feel like KD has taken it. Um, unless it's, like, in the NBA Finals, but who do you think uh, will take, you know, best player in the league, Mantle, now? Well, unfortunately... It seems like LeBron's trying to give it away at this point.
0: I'm going to say it's really the Warriors League still. KD leaves. Maybe that changes things as KD goes to New York, 35 a game. I think right now, if you had to give me, like, The Olympic
2: torch. It's
0: got to be like. Oh, it's kind of tough. It feels like it's been dispersed amongst like the future stars almost.
1: Feels very much like a Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah. Just
1: no real person's kind of. It's like everybody's kind of got the stick for like a month, and then it's like, oh, you know, like. This kingdom is now ahead. And then it's like, oh, this kingdom. And then it's like, you know, it's like Giannis. And then it's like KD. And then it's like, fuck, maybe it's Harden. Like,
0: yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's Ben Simmons, right? Because he's next LeBron. And then you're like, oh, wait, maybe it's Luka and Trey Young and this like emerging rookie class. Yeah.
1: Maybe it just skips like a whole, <laughs> a whole like kind
0: of generation of player. I, if I had to pick somebody though, I'd probably pick, probably pick Giannis. Not only because their game is similar and they were all star captains. Definitely has like unique personality, horns that helps a lot with marketing. And number one guy right now,
1: and he's got that small market team where it's like everybody in the city. It's like that's his, you know, their guy. Root against the Bucks, yeah. And it's like it's they're the kind of the only sports. Oh no way! I guess I have baseball and the Packers. Never mind. And then you know, fuck it. If he wins MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, I mean, he probably takes inside track on this. Uh does this season missing out on the playoffs hurt LeBron's GOAT status?
0: Absolutely. No question about it.
1: Is the conversation finally dead? I mean, it's been dead for like 10 years, but is this social media dead now?
0: It should be. Like or if I ever see this talking Twitter point poll? again on First Take, I think I'm just going to uninstall ESPN. <laughs> like I'm actually just tired of this conversation. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's been it's been dead since 2009 when LeBron failed to make the finals. Uh, all right, I think that's pretty much everything. Uh, playoff looming talk. Uh, right, the Knicks so... are still
0: still the worst team in the league. So, yeah, the tank the tank wars are on. I think, will or tomorrow. Be uh, interesting to watch because the Hawks are too good to lose. <laughs> but speaking of too good to lose, we have our. Madness bracket of ringer personalities that we've put together over the past week. So, me and Michael have developed a ten-slot bracket of your favorite ringer personalities. We've divided them of kind of old guys and young guys. Not really just guys. There's girls. Sorry, it's 2019. I shouldn't use that. People Gendered phrase. Just people. Yeah, so it's ten people kind. Uh, and we can't
1: base it on age either because they could identify as whatever age they would want. But yeah, I mean, basically we have we have ten uh, personalities, and we basically made the seven to ten seeds uh, basically a playing game.
0: I guess is the best way of thinking about it. So, uh, if you're not too familiar with the Ringer, of course, the Ringer is uh, Bill Simmons' foster child of Grantland, who no longer could have been an ESPN thing, went and made his own media company and. Mostly NBA talk is kind of their priority thing, but they also do pop culture, a lot of movie-type stuff. A little bit
1: of tech and politics thrown in for a good mix. You know, Pods of America guys came off, you know, they started off the ringer, so.
0: NBA is really their sort of. Bread and butter, yeah. I mean, as is Bill's tradition, so. (laughs) Let's just hop right into it. Uh, Would you like to start with the left bracket, Michael? uh yeah
1: let's focus on the what all right so we got the eight nine matchup uh which would end up playing the number the winner of that would play the number one seed which is bill simmons uh so essentially bill simmons got a buy um you think it's a good move to make bill simmons the uh one seed heading into the tournament
0: no it's it's a little tough because he makes a lot of like outdated pop culture references in his columns and he doesn't write his you know Talks Actually, about his kids playing Fortnite all.
1: Kind of feels like a LeBron year where it's like, eh, are we sure he's still the best? But until proven otherwise, we are going to see him as the number one. So the uh, playing game is number eight, Joe House versus number nine, Ryan Rosillo. These are probably two of the more frequent guys on the Bill Simmons podcast. Um, you know, a little bit more of his kind of buddy buddy types.
0: Yeah, exactly. So w- what a good matchup to put. Most frequent guests on the pod there. So Joe House, um, big foodie guy, as well as a big Washington Wizards fan. So he wants to kill himself for the Mahim contract <laughs> literally every day of his life. Or the
1: John Wall contract. Or the appending Bradley Beal contract.
0: I, I, I was trying to be nice to him. <laughs> we got Ryan Rosillo, which is just uh, Bill's second talking head 2.0. Just yeah, it seems, like a, everything it seems like if Bill there was says.
1: an angry version of Bill, this would be
0: Ryan rusillo So, uh, really, just... I I would give the slight edge to Joe House in this matchup, just because at least he's a Wizards fan, and everybody can make fun of him for it. <laughs> in this day and age.
2: This feels,
1: this feels like a slugfest, though. This feels like one of those... Um uva texas tech national title matchup kind of games
0: so which one do you like, not want to see more And that's not really a good match <laughs>
1: that's a good point it's a good point because the problem is if you get joe house you get a little bit of golf talk whereas ryan yeah. russi might actually give you some like sneaker talk and that's that's you know that's kind of interesting
0: yeah it, it, i i think i'm gonna have to pick joe house to win this one i don't know about you Joe House, all right.
1: Joe House advances to the. Uh, how, how does the NCAA do it? The count, the playing games like the first round, right? So everybody's just automatically in the second round. Yeah. All right, so we'll just we'll just uh, we'll do NCAA style, and uh, Joe House moves on to the second round to face Bill Simmons. So we got the one-eight matchup. Uh, it's basically Warriors. I mean, basically anybody.
0: Yeah. So. What do you think?
1: Gentleman sweep, or uh, does Bill clean this out in four?
0: I think this is a little more than a gentleman sweep because uh the golf talk, little the football talk, and they hold movies together. so I think Bill wins this four two against Joe House, mostly off of Bill's kind of founding father status, but nonetheless, Joe gonna get the boot here, I think.
1: Do you think uh, the rest really pays off with Bill having that first round bye where Joe House had to, you know, really take it to Ryan Rosillo, and then you know maybe kind of pull it out, and then it's like eh, he's kind of he's kind of banged up heading into, you know, the showdown with Bill.
0: Absolutely, that that's a point that you can never overlook in these kinds of games. Is you know how many red wine baths do you get, where you really have to sit down and grind in in the training room? How much time do you have to work on a very specific? maneuver or play to really make advantage of your matchup and really pays off for a veteran like Bill.
1: So Bill Simmons is our first uh, entrant into the final four. Moving uh, further into the, I guess, the bottom corner of the left bracket, we have number four,
0: Shea Serrano, versus number five, Chris Ryan. This is a pretty interesting matchup at the uh, four and five spot.
1: A lot of basketball talk here. We got a uh, Philly versus a Spurs. You know, a little processor
0: versus. The original processor? Yeah, I don't even know what to call it. Like, the fucking Spurs, like the machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, more importantly here, you got Shea Serrano, who is an uh,
2: established author here, which. I like his book. He's got Shaq on the cover. First guy, I mean. Got a really nice flow to his name, too.
0: What a a, a well strung together series of syllables.
1: Yeah, but then you got Chris Ryan, who's probably a bit more versatile at this point in his career. You know, he does a little bit of, you know, the NBA show. Then he's kind of got the pop culture stuff with uh, the Rewatchables. Ooh, yeah. And he kind of jumps in on, like, Oscars talk. Like, you know, he kind of gets around here a little bit, Chris Ryan. But that might just be the youth, whereas uh, Shea Serrano... Spurs, as always, kind of just banging it out on uh, the Tim Duncan experience.
0: Versatility is always a plus, but sometimes jack of all trades and not really a master of it.
1: Do you think home court matters in this uh, four-five matchup?
0: It seems like it usually does, but yeah, I, I don't know. You know, it's it's the Spurs kind of Spurs kind of guy here. You know, they're going to be clinical and efficient. They're at home or away. And for for a versatile kind of guy like Chris Ryan is, sometimes being away really throws your French players.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if his podcast game travels well. Um, You know, he's kind of got a hit or miss here on the road. But
0: where are you you going with it? I'm going to have to lean to Shea Serrano to win this one. Shea Serrano, sticking with the favorite? Uh, I mean, it'd be a better matchup for Bill as well.
1: Alright, semifinalist Shea Serrano Triple S. Serrano versus Simmons.
0: So now we, now we got chance you for know, the title game. Celtics versus Spurs, the greatest <laughs> finals matchup to <that> never <laughs> happen.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, we got You know S- there was
1: a, there was actually like a Celtics Spurs game in two 2000- thousand nine that I still remember where the Celtics were the reigning champions and then Spurs obviously won the year before. And uh, to this day, I still remember Tony Parker taking it to Paul Pierce for some fucking reason. Paul Pierce was guarding Tony Parker and Tony Parker scores uh, a floater at the end of the fourth quarter to win the game. Stuck in my mind. It was a really shit game,
0: but for some reason <laughs> it stuck. It feels like those are two teams that uh, like I wish I could have seen in the finals.
1: Well, I mean, at that time, both of those guys were kind of too. Like Tim Duncan was kind of maybe a little, you know, kind of a little past his prime. And then obviously KG and Ray Allen definitely kind of were. It was like, uh, this should have been like three years earlier. But like everybody had, he kind of lost their athleticism at that point.
0: I mean, Ray Allen got his due justice a couple years later. Yeah. All
2: yeah, right. We have the
0: authors matchup. Book of Basketball. We should get updated though, because if it... you <laughs> should get back into writing thing instead of talking about their thirteen-year-old daughter and their ten-year-old that plays. I don't know. What is your what is your opinions on this? I Think that you know, one to four is an insane amount of upset. Now this this really feels to me like
1: John Wick versus John Wick Two. Which is the better movie? It's like both kind of have their spots, but really, John Wick One is better, and that's kind of how it feels. It's like stick with the original, stick with Bill Simmons.
0: Yeah, the original just edges out, you know.
1: But you know, there's a case for it. You know, there's there's a universe for it, and then you know, obviously, John Wick Three is coming out, so there's a rubber match here. You know, it kind of feels like if one of these guys just lets a game slip at home, it's it's over. You know, you really have to, you know, if you're Bill, you have to hold down the first two games. And if you're Serrano, you know, if you can steal one of those first two games, I mean, you got a chance to
0: win this in six. It definitely feels like, you know, that a John Wick one, John Wick two, like a Rocky one, Rocky two type thing. It's like, oof, right there, but. I think I'm going to have to agree with you on this. Number one tends to be better than the sequel, even if it is just by a little bit in such an acclaimed franchise, John Wick. Say Bill advances. Bring your championship. Oh, shit. Golden State over here. Who would have expected that? Celtics finally got their act together. (laughs) I guess that takes us to the right side of the bracket. the right side of the bracket, we have another plane. And matchup. Creative content. Aficionado. NBA desktop manager. Jason Concept, Danny Chow. Favorite KOC brother in arms.
1: Yeah, well, Chow, I think, actually just recently won an award.
0: Yeah, I... I what the name?
1: Yeah. I mean, he does uh, obviously some basketball, but he also does a lot of a food kind of coverage, kind of like how Joe House and um, the Korean chef guy. Uh... Dang, i forget his name.
2: Yeah. But yeah,
1: yeah, he's kind of got that that kind of side of the ringer, you know, kind of on lock. Um, you know, he's kind of got this two-way game about him where it's basketball one side and food on the other. But yeah, intriguing 7-10 matchup, I would say. It almost kind of feels like Jason Concepcion kind of slipped in the season here. You know, it feels like he really should be a three seed, but he, you know, either he didn't kind of get it going or he left it too late and flipped the switch hard enough and now has to have the play-in game. So it kind of feels like one of those, uh, you know, kind of
0: like the Thunder are in real life, right? Where it's like they're an eight seed, but it's like, yeah, they should be like a three. Yeah, it definitely feels like that. I mean, when you look at Jason, he has such a unique game plan and body of work style I feel like of play he really is definitely should be. different he had a very unique taste on play and game sense really should have brought him higher than where you think he would have ended up here and at the same time he kind of you know sometimes gets a little too loose with it a little little eccentric at times sometimes that's his, his backbone or what breaks his backbone I that breaks his Man, my phrasing is wrong.
1: Uh, you know, kinda, kinda I guess like you're Russ. not getting a
0: job at the Ringer, dude. <laughs> kind of like Russ. I mean, he's you know, wild with it. Sometimes he tries to, to bear back it a little too much. From with the back lines. Sometimes you just got to go back to basics with what you, what you know and love. And Dinko does that a lot with just food, travel, and... Do you think Danny Chow's game is just a little too,
1: it's too much about the system. Like it's not really adaptable enough. You know, it's like a, it's like an Indiana team or like a Detroit team where it's like, they really only have one way of winning and there is no plan B. So if they're behind in the series, you know, I don't know. It's kind of one of the things where it's like, if Jason steps down and gets out to like a, a 12 point lead, you know, that might be it. That might be game done. You know, it's like.
0: Definitely hard to crawl back when you, Style like Janie. you kind of need to ride the five point bubble and cross your fingers and hope that they never hit like a Golden State Warriors esque run or go cold for a little bit.
1: Yeah, Jason can, can, can like you're saying with Golden State, it's like he's got that clay kind of kind of vibe, right? Where it's like he can just get really hot in the second quarter, and it's like, whoa, where the fuck did this come from? Like comes out, out of comes nowhere, up, like, hits you hard like and fast.
0: 10 days. Absolutely. All right, We go with Jason. I believe Jason wins this playing game.
1: All right, Jason Concepcion enters the second round of facing off against the number two seed, Kevin O'Connor.
0: Kevin O'Connor, the acclaimed that's guy, really.
1: I mean, he's probably got the best basketball mind. You know, for, I mean, guy. maybe after
0: Bill. Maybe after Bill, but like the number one disrespected content writer on that platform. Currently. Of course, just put up a huge draft guide. Go and definitely one of the smartest, well coached teams in the tournament right now. Doesn't seem like make a lot of miscues in terms of turnovers or dumb plays or bad fouls. Definitely smart.
1: Or are you just going with KOC? Are you rolling with it?
0: Oh, feel I thought you are going to prove me.
1: I don't know. I don't know how... Are you against KOC, right? It, it, it feels a lot like Philly-Boston last year where it's like Philly's got all this talent, so they should be able to do this. And Jason Kastepsian's kind of got this. You know, he's kind of got this wild card edge where it's like, oh shit, you know, is Bellinelli going to make that shot in the corner and win it in a field of confetti? And it's like, oh shit, no. Kevin O'Connor still fucking pulls it off. Like it just feels like a really steady hand, you know, and it's kind of hard to bet against that when he's got the home court advantage, you know, a little bit more rest, you know, it just seems like one of those things where it's like he saved the course, you know, he knew like, all right, I might not be able to get the number one seed. I'm going to go ahead and like lock in a two, you know, do, you know, rest some guys here on these nights, keep it fresh for the playoffs and make a run, you know, very, very similar to the Patriots this past year or, Toronto with Kawhi where it's I mean they really rest him a lot <laughs> like Kawhi's gonna miss like 30 almost 30 percent of the season
0: <laughs> crazy to think about but it's all part of the calculated effort you know part of the plan from the beginning
1: and you're on the other side of the bracket you know you don't have that LeBron Bill Simmons kind of tight that juggernaut just waiting to kill you you know you're
0: almost thinking you're guaranteed a finals trip because you yeah, the... the matchups the right way
1: I think Jason Concepcion keeps it interesting, but it seems like one of those...
0: Uh... The luck just you know, like, dries out the... eventually.
1: You, know, you remember like a couple years ago when the Pelicans played the Warriors and it was just like a sweep or five games or something, but each game was pretty close. It feels like one of those. It just feels like, you know, who does Jason Concepcion go to if he's down four in the fourth quarter and he's, he's gone cold? It's like, who does he give the ball to?
0: It's definitely an echelon above when it comes to great teams versus really good teams. I think KOC is going to win this matchup.
1: Moving to the semifinals.
0: So, the bottom side of the bracket, we've got a four matchup, I believe. And that is... Sorry, I can't read. Uh, (laughs) We have two uh, Heat Check podcast teammates, and that is Paolo Ugetti at six, Haley O'Shaughnessy at the so oh, Michael. Two of the more creative last names in the league right now, definitely up and coming teams when you really think about it. Having yeah, good... you got
1: you got the foreign guy, and then you got the uh, the young kid out of Louisville, right?
0: And kid from Louisville.
1: It's crazy because these guys are both like you said, heat check guys, right? Like they just jack up a lot of shots. They pump out a lot of pieces over the course of a week. You know, probably if not every day so you know in terms of content i mean they're just putting shit out all the time right i mean this is like too high
0: volume these guys are box office i mean you, you would love to see these games in person really i mean you just never know who's gonna just raffle off like 15 in a row you know or 10 in a row and just win you a game
1: it's just, a, it's like a Luca Trey Young thing where it's like, oh man, they're both so good and like their first year. And it's like, you know, they're only going to get better. And it's like, ah, oh, like I'd rather already watch these like two shitty teams in Atlanta and Dallas. And it's like, I'm always going to read a piece by Haley O'Shaughnessy, you know? So And, and, and interesting though, right? Like three, six matchup historically we'll at... this has been kind of the
0: upset the upset matchup right where it's yeah. like i was about to say the same thing i mean even the brackets this year for march man six seeds got upset so and three seeds um well when it comes down to it though i think got a three and a six you know that's a little bit of a gap not 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 a measurable gap in my the home court still does matter in these seven game type series. When you're someone that relies on being hot, well as a plethora of podium type players. No, it just seems like the odds are just a little bit in Haley's favor right now.
1: Yeah, when you're a young guy like Eugeni and it's like, you know, first time you've been invited to the big dance, you're in the tournament, you know, you got the adrenaline pumping, you know, maybe you start good in the first in game one. You know, maybe even you even sneak it out, but then it's like game two. Haley comes back with the haymaker and then, you know, you're going back home for games three and four. And, you know, you got to lock up both of those because then you've lost your home court advantage again. You know, you steal home court advantage. You don't just want to give it right back. And I don't know if, you know, can Paulo handle the pressure, really? I mean, this is kind of the Jason Tatum, heat check type of run. Where it's he either puts it together and they get to the game seven in the conference finals or he kinda goes missing for a season. Uh, you know,
0: who runs out of gas first? I, think, I don't want to say it, but it might be Paulo. Yeah, I don't
1: Haley O'Shaughnessy's
0: just got she's got
1: the talent, right? It just feels like a like Ben Simmons, right? It's like I get it, she's still missing the the kind of one part to her game. But the rest of her game is so fucking good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, barring the injuries that could potentially happen to these young studs right now, I think we got to say Haley wins this one. Yeah, it's probably better for the shoe deal, too. Always a good thing to keep count of. So now we've got, of course, in the final four for the right side of the bracket, we have KOC versus Haley O'Shaughnessy.
1: Yeah, so I guess in our final four we got kinda three heavyweights Bill Simmons, KOC, Shea Serrano, and then we kinda got the the dark horse, I guess. Haley O'Shaughnessy. I mean, I guess that's the best way of putting it, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong Very with being top heavy bracket. A little bit of a dark horse never hurt anyone because you get the kind of the doubters, you get you get a little bit of the underdog mentality going for you. There's a lot of likability there from being an audience. I mean, you juggernauts love to root against people Duke and austin golden state nothing wrong with being like a little bit of a portland here a little bit of a silly here you know o'connor versus
1: o'shaughnessy
0: Ah, there we go we got we got some nice (laughs) irish rhymes going on here call this the limerick latch up
1: Who's got the best player in this matchup? Because uh, typically, when you get to the kind of conference finals, this is where you know star power sometimes can kind of lift you out of these games a little bit. You know, we saw this last year with Golden State and Houston, where one of the stars goes down, and then the other team just kind of keeps it going. You know, it's like sometimes it just kind of comes down to talent.
0: Yeah, very true. You never know when a when a Particularly with someone like Kevin, who normally puts a lot of his eggs in his most star player, his sort of half guy type thing. A
1: lot something of mileage like, on those
0: legs. Something like that wherever pull a groin or hamstring. Miss even just a a game at this point. Could prove lethal. Be a little worried, even though maybe he's got the inside sc- Doubting the other team. I had voice lines. I'm still a little worried because you know at the end of the day it comes down to your performance on the court. If your best player isn't 100. percent I mean, definitely spells trouble. The playoff kind of kind of matchups. You know the player playoff matchups
1: kind of interesting. It's very reminiscent of the Spurs Thunder in 2012, 2013, 2014, where you kind of expect the Spurs to pull it out. But for some reason, the, you know, kind of the athleticism and the height and the length uh, of Oklahoma City just gave them too many problems. And it just kind of feels like Haley O'Shaughnessy, you know, with the speed that she's just cranking out pieces, you know, might just be too much for KOC, you know, KOC is a little bit more of a post-up kind of guy, but obviously the league has kind of shifted. Haley O'Shaughnessy, she's just jacking shots. You know, taking them from like forty feet from the logo.
0: Yeah, she's definitely playing into the new analytics trend a lot better than KOC's slightly outdated methods.
1: And this is the time to get hot in the tournament. You know, if you put together some confidence, put together a little streak, and you end up being uh, Michael Beasley working it for Kansas.
0: And we, you know, we history's already proven a jump shooting team can win the NBA Finals. So history sounds really, like on both people's side.
1: Sounds like you're starting to lean towards the uh, startup kid, O'Shaughnessy.
0: Yeah, honestly. I mean, you know, a 2 3 is almost as good as a coin flip in my book, but.
1: Are we ready for a new era?
0: Of, I think we're uh, ready. Ringer Analytics. We're ready for, for someone to take the crown on the uh, Ringer right side of the bracket. All right. going to be Haley. Now we got the Setting ringer left side. champion showdown. Haley O'Shaughnessy versus the boss. Bill Simmons on the left, Haley on the right, and at 150. I have no idea how heavy they are.
1: <laughs> pretty sure Bill is probably a, probably
0: a little bit more than 150. I'm pretty Bruce sure Buffer? she's a little bit under 150. Buffer doing the call. <laughs> Refereed by Herb Dean. Thank you.
1: I guess, where's this game being played? Uh, you know, typically with the NCAA, they kind of pick a host city for the championship game. Where Where oh. do you think uh, this, this matchup between O'Shaughnessy and
0: Simmons is well, we, we know Simmons is a big Boston guy. We know Haley is a uh, not a Boston guy. <laughs> so it's definitely not being played in the New England area. If anything, it's probably played in Greensboro, North Carolina, of all, Coliseum. Exactly. What better place to host ACC championship, NCAA? The Greensboro Arena, home of the Hive, kind of. <laughs> Big Hornets. What's your initial? There?
1: What are your initial thoughts on this uh, championship matchup? You got kind of the uh, the Golden State type of team. Been there, done it. Won a bunch of titles. You know, kind of it's like almost kinda of, what are they really playing for now besides just real legacy, you know, just kinda of shifting a little bit in the ultimate power rankings and then he kinda got Haley O'Shaughnessy, right? The 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 new kid on the block, the the Everything one trying to make a to flash, trying to take the mantle, um kinda got the expectations of the next gen coming up.
0: Well, this is pretty important, you know, to have something to play for. Like you said, when legacy is really your only driving force you kind of get a little lazy at times, a little lackadaisical, there's always another game, you know, what does it matter? You know, I've already got a handful of rings and media organization and two books under my belt and have Kevin Durant in my cell phone. Whereas when you don't have any of that, when you got something to claw and, and tooth your way for when you got a, make every punch yourself when I mean, you got to make those long hours, go get Starbucks for everybody, you know, get donuts cause you're the rookie around the block. You know, you got skin in the game, you got blood, sweat and tears in the game, man. That is such an important X factor when it comes to, especially younger teams have to unite behind a force as well as get a whole fan base united behind them.
2: Yeah.
1: This is a seven game series. I want to say Haley steals game one bill comes back game two, just kind of, you know, keeps everything going, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, takes kind of the first punch and rolls it back. And then we move games three and four is kind of, you know, Haley O'Shaughnessy's time. I think she holds down home court and I think she goes up three, one heading into game five. I think all the pressures on bill here, you know, he's the arguably the goat down three, one, Game five at home, they lose at home. There goes the series, there goes the championship, but I think he gets it out. Heads back for game six. Now the pressure's on the kid because she's never been here before. She doesn't, you know, she doesn't know how to close out a championship type of series. And I think she caves. You know, I think it's one of those game six, Oklahoma City versus Golden State, 2016 Eastern Conference Finals kind of games where... There's just a mental collapse in the last eight minutes of that game in the fourth quarter.
0: The mental collapse that traded Jordan Duran away.
1: And I think this uh, series ends up three all heading back for a game seven. Who do you like in the matchup of a game seven? Three, three. Haley O'Shaughnessy kind of on the ropes, gave up that three, one lead.
0: A tough one, you know, especially for our young team doesn't have such a vast history of consistent success and thriving under pressure. Having a mental fortitude come back from three, one is so hard to deal with.
1: Yeah. You know, on the plane ride back between games four and five, you know, Simmons reread his own book kind of, kind of got it back, you know, focused on the, on the fundamentals, you know, the kind of played a stricter game, kept the turnovers down, you know, just focused on his experience a little bit, and it kind of gutted him out two more games, but those legs probably
0: tired. Yeah, I don't know how good, you know, Zach Lowe's sneaky big question and good old conspiracy Bill had enough to reignite his old fire. Even
1: with Jalen on the sidelines cheering him away.
0: Yeah, you know, he's got his slugger bat there. I mean, got to give the people what they want, but at some point you're like... Kinda of like LeBron this year at some point. Starting to The the King's Magic's starting to wear. All right, Matt. Ultimate question.
1: Bill Simmons versus Haley O'Shaughnessy. Who's taking the ringer crown in this year's March Madness?
0: Train rolling. It is. Haley wins oh, the shit. NCAA championship. Like... Yeah, boy. Wow. <laughs> the underdog. We need a good underdog story. We haven't had an upset this bracket yet. <laughs> like all good March Madness, there is, of course, Cinderella run. I mean, as a threes. That's a good point. <laughs> but if there's anything, you know, just like how it was Portland's year this year, minus all the injuries, is Portland's year to take down Golden State. Minus all the injuries. I can feel it. I can feel it. is finally coming to his own. Got your one two punches. You still got your post presence when you need good old plethora of podium type players there. Without a doubt, sort of the young legs, quick hands. Really what fills this comes down to fucking twenty one games later. Old bones don't like twenty one game.
1: Yeah, Haley O'Shaughnessy, if you're listening to this podcast out there, Matt and I officially invite you on, so that way you can give the post game interview. You know, consider this your uh your first step up to the podium.
0: Be, be our first podium player, twenty nineteen. Head on over, heart in the paint podcast. SoundCloud, All of these places that you might enjoy your podcasts at. Of course, we do always love your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, anything you might have below. And, of course, leave it in the comments or email us at the link provided. Let
1: us know your thoughts on Devin Booker.
0: That's the sneaky big question for this week. What do you think, Devin Booker? Already wash up? Or can he really... Reignite his career, maybe bleach his stained past. With that, folks, we will see you
2: all next time for more exciting NBA coverage. Catch y'all.